Welcome to the Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Laconia campus. Morning. This has been good. I miss playing. <laughs> I miss playing and singing. I'm so thankful. Can I pray? Lord, you have already met with us in so many in a deep and rich way, and I pray that you continue to speak and show us and illuminate your scriptures. And, and most of all, I pray for revelation. God, that we would see, not with eyes, not we, not, God, not here with the ears, but we, we would know in our heart, that we'd know in our inner person how you see us, how you love us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, I love that song that we sang. I think we could have just hung out on that one song. Jesus, we love you. And oh, how we love you. You know, he loves you even more than you love him. He, He loves you. He loves you so much. You know, as we were singing that, I I just picture him. It's just... No, he's just dancing. And he's rejoicing that his children who are singing and, and he's saying, I love you so much more. So much more than you, than you realize. So much more than you love me. And I have good things for you. I have wonderful things for you. And uh, if we would believe it. If we would know it on the inside. If we would snap out of whatever funk we're in and recognize that we have a God who is extravagant that he is his affections are for you that his eyes are upon you that he's watching and he's holding and he's guiding and he's leading and he's providing in so many ways you don't realize if we would see it and know it this morning my heart wept when I I got here I had to unlock the building and you know, I went in this stairwell uh, to unlock both doors. There's the lower door and the upper door. And when I got to the upper door, and um, I grabbed the handle and I peeked out the window. And I, I, I saw a man and a woman uh, sleeping right next to the door. And they had a suitcase by their side. And they had a shopping cart with a bottle of wine and... And they, it was like all their possessions were there. And they had a little grill. And, you know, and I, and I saw kind of a knife sheath next because he was afraid. And I, I saw that and my heart broke because I recognized that God loves that man and that woman. He loves them. I don't know if they know him or not. I don't know. I don't know if they realize how much he loves them and what he has for them. But they're living, they're not living in his fullness. You know, and uh, I want us to pray even right now for them. Can we do that? Really? I mean, we did that first service and honestly, that's why we're here. That's why we're here. We could pray that 
we could pray for the next half hour for these two, and I'd be fine with that. If God let us do that, I, I would be more than fine, because that's why we're here. So can, can we just lift up and, and just lift them up? Let's go, Lord God, I, I pray for these, this couple. God, I, I pray first of all, if they don't know you, God, I, I pray that they would. God, I, I pray that you would awaken their, them on the inside, that you would recreate them on the inside. God, that you would breathe new life in them on the inside. God, that you would uh, put a deposit of the kingdom on the inside within them. God, that they might recognize uh, that you're calling them go from being orphans to sons and daughters. God, I, I pray that you would protect them. God, I pray that you would provide for them. Lord God, I pray that you would heal them, God, from anything that, that they might need healing in. God, and most of all, I pray that they're here next week. God, I pray that they're here next week and that they hear the gospel. God, that we would be able to pour out and love on them. God, we, we claim them. God, we claim them as a community. God, they're ours. So we, 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 stake, we put a stake in the ground and say they're ours. God, and I pray for anyone else, Lord, out there who's broken. God, who's just destroyed by this world. God, we claim them too. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. You know, last week we talked about identity. And I started with this question of, does God see me? Because I think we can go through life and live in such a way where we feel invisible to God because it's such a big universe, big world, big life, busyness, craziness, inability to slow down. And, and we have this question, does God see me? And then we saw, of course, God sees us. He sees all of us. And he sees us inside and out. And his eyes are on us and his affection is towards us. And we spent a whole bunch of time in the book of Galatians, in which I want to do again because I feel like this chapter is so rich. And as we're wrestling and as we're going through the scripture, um, we're going to be looking at this concept of favor. And we saw last week that favor means to look upon graciously, the noun. And then the verb means to re be the recipient of grace, the verb. And so for God to see us, for God to love us, not because of what we've done, but because of who he is and who, what his son has accomplished, right? And for God to offer to us the kingdom. And so the, this, the topic the, the, that we're going to look at and talk about is finances, which is one of those things that's often taboo in church and gets awkward and weird because it's been distorted and twisted. And, and, and I'm not going to ask the question, how do I have favor in finances? It's the wrong question. It's the wrong question. The right question is, how do I surrender? How do I surrender all I am and all I have to my Father? who gives back to me lavishly? How do I walk in what he has for me and live for him? That's the question. So turn with me to Galatians 3, and we're going we're gonna to work through this passage, and it's going to just cause a gospel explosion inside of us because it's so powerful. It's transformational. This is it. 
man. Like, you've got to get in the Word. The Word, if you're not reading your Bible, you can't follow Him. You can't. You can't. Because this is our food. It feeds our soul. And if you're not eating, you can't walk. And if you're not attuning your ear to what His voice sounds like, you can't hold it, hear the Holy Spirit to follow Him. You need it. It tells us who we are. It tells us who he is. It tells us how to live for him. It does something inside of us. It wakes us up on the inside. It's like an explosion. And that goes out and changes everyone around you. So turn to me, Galatians 3. And in this beginning passage, we discover our identity. We discover that we are sons of God. It says in verse 25, But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. Last week we talked about how there are two groups of people in the world. There are those who by faith in Christ are made right with the Father. And we live as sons and daughters of God. And then there's another group that God loves desperately who are orphans, who are living as orphans, who don't recognize that they're sons of God. And God's calling us to go from orphans to sons by faith. And the one who's able to take away any obstacle, anything that might get in the way, So it says, for in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek nor slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, but you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring heirs according to the promise. So not only are we sons of God, sons of our Heavenly Father, but He is offering to us an inheritance. And this word heir means to receive an inheritance now. I think when we often, when we read that, or when I've read that in the past, I've always thought that's about heaven. No. Actually, the Greek word, it's a compound word, and it, remain, it means to take hold of, take possession of, an inheritance now. <laughs> that he has for us an inheritance, a kingdom inheritance. Isn't that exciting? Come on. Come on, you need revelation of this. You need, God, I pray that you would give us revelation of the truth. That, Lord, that we wouldn't settle for an idea. God, that we would take hold of a reality. Yeah. You see, the thing is that, God, when you put your faith in Christ and he makes you a son, he puts the Holy Spirit inside of you. It's a deposit of the kingdom of God that gets planted within you. And it's like a mustard seed. And it starts small. And then as you walk by faith and learn to follow Jesus and figure out and learn all that he has for you, that mustard seed sprouts. 
and it grows out branches. So the kingdom goes from being in you to in the midst of you. Right? Jesus said that. He said, the kingdom of God is in here or there. It's in the midst of you all. Plural. Southern. (laughs) Y'all. Because it starts here, then goes out here. And then as we have fellowship, then we have the kingdom now. And we get to experience what he has for us now. Which is so much more than having to, to sleep on a cold which is so much more than being, having a mansion but being in, enslaved to the things that you own. Yeah. It says in chapter 4, though, there's a problem. There's a struggle. There's a struggle for every Christian because although we're sons, we still tend to live as slaves. We don't believe that he has this for us. So as we talked about last week, we become enslaved to the sin of self-sufficiency. It's been the sin since the beginning to saying, God, I know you have this, but no, I want to do it my own way and walk my own way and provide for myself with a little bit of Jesus on top. So he says this in chapter 4, I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, child means, this is the word infant, This is one that cannot feed himself or herself. One that can't even lift up their head. Maybe. Tiny. Lacking understanding. Not recognizing what is before them. It says, I mean, as long as he is a child, he's no different from a slave. Though he is the owner of everything, Who's he? Us. Us. Listen, when you walk out, I had this revelation this week. It's one of those crazy things where I was walking around and I looked at a tree and it said, oh my goodness, that's my tree. That, that's my tree. Oh, that's my tree too. And that one. And then I started thinking, oh, the ocean. Well, that, that's mine too. Why? Because the earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof. It's my father's. And my father has made me an heir. He's made you an heir too. And he's given us the inheritance. Now it's yours. It's yours. Do you think that uh, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, there was economy? If Eve went up to Adam and said, I'll sell you this rock. He'd laugh. He says, it's all mine anyway. Right? This, this revelation of what we have in Christ, it blows your mind. Yeah. It's so radical. And the radical needs to become reality. Because the spiritual is more true than the physical. Right. Hallelujah. <laughs> but he says this. He says that uh, when we don't realize this, when we don't know this, when you don't understand who you are, when you don't have this inside of you and let it define you, to define you more than circumstance, then we tend to live as slaves. And he says, and he tells us, because you know, God's good like this. He tells us we're enslaved too. So now we know how to change. He says this, verse 3. In the same way we also, when we were children, we were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. Odd phrase, isn't it? Well, as I started unpacking that one, this is a cool one. 
This one means to fall in line. It, it's this picture of people marching together in line, to fall in line. What are the elementary principles of the world? It's to walk in the way of the world, where you have everybody marching the same way, everybody living the same way. Now, it looks somewhat differently. There are different permutations, different formations of what that looks like. But at the heart, it's the same thing. It's seeking to build our own kingdom. Now, there's, a, there's this wonderful illustration, this story in, in the Gospel of Mark where there's this rich young man who comes up to Jesus. And, and he embodies what this means in one form. But there are other forms too, which we'll talk about after. He embodies what this means in one form. And, and so in Mark 10, there's this beautiful story. Okay, so you have Jesus. It starts out with talking about Jesus. And it says, and as he, meaning Jesus, was setting out on his journey. So you have this one way of life the way of Jesus, which is the only way, the way, the truth, and the life. And so you have Jesus who's seeking to live his life in a surrendered manner. It says in the scripture that he only did what the Father was doing and he had a spirit-filled life. So he was walking intentionally that as he interacted, okay, that, that he saw people according to the kingdom truth. And that he spoke according to the kingdom reality. That he interacted according to the truth of God rather than the truth of the world. So you have that. You have Jesus who's intentionally journeying with his Father, being led by the Holy Spirit. And then in contrast, there's this. It says that on his journey, a man, it's a young man, it's a rich man, it says that, that he ran up to Jesus. I could spend the whole sermon on that one little nugget that he, come on, meaning that he was going through life and Jesus, oh, hold, hey, hey, Jesus, real quick, real quick. Just, you know, I, I need to know. I need to know so I can go back and do my own thing. Stop running through life. Start journeying. If that's the only thing you remember, that's, I feel like that was such an anointed word. Stop running through life. Because yeah. if, you, if you're running to try to, right, build your own kingdom, you're missing out on the one who's journeying. He's calling you to follow him. So he runs. He runs up to him. And, and, and it says that he kneels. Okay? But you can tell that in the context of the passage, that he's not really. Because he's coming to Jesus because he needs something. He's coming to Jesus because he has a bucket list, and one of the things on his bucket list is go to heaven. Right? And so he has everything else in his life figured out because, because he's, he's rich, but really he's poor because to be rich doesn't mean to be rich. It just means to have things that possess you. Potentially. Unless you see yourself as a son and give them and to realize, anyway, we'll talk about that too. So he comes to Jesus and he's like, One, real quick, Jesus, real quick. Okay, just listen, okay? And so Jesus, I, I can just picture him that he's just, he sees it. He knows what's on his heart because Jesus knows the thoughts and intentions of man. And it says, 
And Jesus said to him, well, he asked, good teacher, good teacher. If you notice in Mark, whenever someone who is desperate for God comes to Jesus, he doesn't say good teacher. The person will say Lord or will say master, not good teacher. Meaning that he was looking to learn something to supplement what he already had. See what I'm saying? Following me? Yeah? yeah. Tracking? Okay, good. All right, and then Jesus saw that, and he said to him, why do you call me good? Because he recognized this man had a formula for life. This A plus B equals C. Now, I have A, I need a little more of B, and then I'll be set, and I'll have C. But the kingdom of God, that doesn't use normal human math. Okay, the kingdom of God is more like one plus one equals a trillion, right? It's, it's not the way that we think and the way we operate. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit's like a wind. You can't predict it. You can't apply a formula to God. So if you're looking, you know, if this sermon's on finances, if you're looking for a quick fix for me to tell you how to get your finances in line, that's not what I'm going to give you today because it's not about a formula. And so Jesus sees that he has this formula. And so he says, well, why are, you, why are you calling me good? Like, why are you calling me good? No one is good except God alone. Are you calling me God? Right? Because he had, we'll see. And so then, um, you know the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear witness, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. And he said to him, the young man said to him, teacher, I, I've done all these things. And I find it so interesting that Jesus doesn't say, no, you didn't. You did this, you did this, you did this. He doesn't do it. Because I can, I can see it. That this young man, in, in worldly standards, we'd probably say, oh, in worldly standards, not godly, not because God's perfect, and, right? He was probably a good person. But Jesus saw something in him. So he said, teacher, I've kept all these from my youth. And Jesus looking on him with love. Oh, isn't that beautiful? That this man who, who was living his life missing the purpose, missing everything. And Jesus looked at him with love. And he said, you lack one thing. Go and sell all that you have and give it to the poor. And you have a treasure in heaven. Come and follow me. Jesus saw that God wasn't the Lord of his heart. He saw that in the heart of this rich young man, there were many gods. There were false gods. There was not only the sin of self-sufficiency, there was the idol of possessions. The things we seek to possess end up possessing us. But there's only one who should possess us, and that's God alone. So we seek him, and we search for him with our whole heart and allow him to own us, to possess us. That's it, period. But that wasn't the way with this rich young man. So God saw that he had a problem with idolatry. So he, he took the mirror, and he said, look. See it. See it. And then the young man walked away discouraged. He says, I can't do anything about this. And the disciples, they said to Jesus, Jesus, you know, 
does this mean that a, that a rich man can't enter a kingdom of God? And then Jesus said, you know, it's difficult. Why? Because we idolize possessions. But for God, all things are possible, right? You know the story? We are sons of the king. We are sons of God. And he has an inheritance for us. And he has given us the kingdom now. It starts within you, but yet we, we become enslaved to elementary principles of the world. We become enslaved to a way, okay, and we seek that way. And it's not the way of Jesus. It's a different way. And in Mark or Matthew 6, Jesus talks about anxiety. Because anxiety is the symptom that you're chasing your own provision rather than allowing God to provide. Come on. And he said, you can tell by the way you're seeing things. He says, okay, you're salt of the earth. He says, you're light of the world. And he says that we can lose saltiness and we can put that light under a basket. And he says this, he says that um, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. And then the light that is in you is darkness. And how great is the darkness? Well, what is he talking about? He's talking about this. He said, you can tell who's the Lord of your life and who you're living for by the way you look at people and things. By the way you see the whole world. Do you see your life and what you have as a son of God, as a daughter of the king, or as a slave who is trying to lay hold and grab hold of and afraid that God won't provide? And so he says, don't be anxious for anything. Don't be anxious about your life or what you'll eat or what you'll drink or about your body. And he talks about how he provides for all the animals and, and everything on creation. Aren't you so much more valuable? You're his son. You're his daughter. And Jesus gives the key. He gives the key to taking the idols off the throne of our heart and being able to access the favor of God in all areas of life. He says this. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he doesn't say, then seek this. He says, no, and these things shall be added unto you. All these things shall be added unto you. The rest of this sermon and then the next one after Father's Day, I'm going to pull apart this, the differences or what it means to seek the kingdom and his righteousness. We're going to look at the kingdom right now, okay? So seeking the kingdom, okay, this is... This is deep. God will show me how. This is crazy deep, right? What's the kingdom? Go to Romans. Go to Romans. Romans 14. Jesus tells us what the kingdom is. God tells us what the kingdom is through Paul. Romans 14, 7 says this. Is it 7? 
17. Romans 14, 17 says this. I love it. It says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. It's not a matter of possessions. It's not a matter of the things that you fill your body with or put them on or have, okay? It says that, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So that the kingdom of God that he offers to us, okay, that we need to seek first is the deposit of the Holy Spirit that he's put inside of us. So watch this now. This is amazing. How did Jesus grow in favor? He grew in wisdom and stature and favor with the Lord. How did he do that? He, he walked by the Holy Spirit. Okay? So our view, the way God sees us doesn't change because we have the righteousness of Christ when we're clothed in him. But our access to the things that he has for us are determined whether we're walking out his will for our lives, being led by the Holy Spirit. So to seek first the kingdom of God is to cultivate the presence of God, which he has put inside of you, so it begins to manifest out of you as you're walking and following Jesus and stepping out in faith into the calling that he has for you. So we look at someone like Jeremiah, who God is called to go to Berlin, and in human standards that you might say, wow, that's crazy. How can you move so far away on just the, a, a sense of calling that God is calling you there? But to step out in faith and obedience to live the life that God has for you, he will provide for you. Scripture says that God has given you all things for life and godliness. All things, not some, all. Meaning that he's equipped you and he'll provide for you, even extravagantly, for the things that he calls you to do for him. Come on right? So he puts that in you so that you will be led by the Holy Spirit, okay, in this as well. It says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by God, right? Who's the righteous man? It's only one, Jesus. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by God, and the way of a Christian is to walk in the way to follow Jesus into all the areas of life that he has for you. You tracking with me? Yeah? It's exciting. This is what he has for you because you're his child. The whole kingdom. That as we step out in radical faith and believe that God will provide in superabundance for us to live out that call that he has for us, we start to see the favor of God in our life. That's already there. But we have to choose to go to the table. And choosing to go to table is living a spirit-filled life. It's living a life that's led by the Holy Spirit, walking through life and, and engaging in the works that he's prepared beforehand that we might walk in them. You following me? That's kingdom living. You're son of the king. You need to live in the kingdom. And you live in the kingdom by walking by the Spirit. All right? Now, the problem is that we tend to live as slaves. One, because we don't believe this is true. Because if we believed it was true, it would change the way we see everything, every interaction we have. It would change the way we see everything we currently own or think we own. We're stewards. Okay? It would change, it would change everything. 
you know, so, so God, as I was praying about, as I was praying about this, right, like obstacles, obstacles to living this out. You know, one of the obstacles is, uh, uh, I'm going to say it. Here we go. Okay. I'm going to say it boldly because I think, I think it's here. I think, I think this is what God wants to do, right? God has equipped you, right? You're in his image, right? He has made you in such a way that you can be creative and productive and you can live in our world in such a way to show a faithful presence in society. To advance the kingdom of God throughout the world, we need people to work in all areas of life, right? We need, we need people working in all areas of life so we can all be a faithful presence for the kingdom. Because if the kingdom is in the midst of us, and as we're going through life, we're bringing it with us, we're advancing the kingdom. You following me? But some of us get enslaved to certain mindsets that we can't work. Come on that we can't. And for some of us, it's, it might be true that you might legit have a disability that you can't work in this way that you're working before, but you're still productive and you're still creative and you still have a mind that can, can do phenomenal things. And God looks at you and loves you and wants the best for you. There are times when Jesus healed people and before he healed them, he said, do you want to be made whole? And, and he said that to beggars. And he said that to those because they, made, they had a lifestyle and an identity wrapped around a disability that God was wanting to heal. Come on. Because there are things of the past that, that God wants to heal in you. There are things in your physical body that God wants to release you from. And he wants to restore you and bring you to wholeness of your new identity, your new creation in Christ. That you're not a slave or a son. Yeah. Right? And so God showed me this week that there, there, there's at least one or two people that have back problems and they haven't been able to work because of their back. Right? And it's awkward and it hurts. And, it, and it's got a hold on them. And it's got a hold and it's defined them. It's no longer just, it, it's their identity. And God wants to heal that and release yeah. that. He does. He does, because you know what? If, if you won't find it in heaven, it shouldn't be here on earth, yeah. right? Because the advancement of the kingdom of God is restoring all things. And now it's in now, but not yet fully, but it's advancing, right? right? And so God, God can heal you, and he wants you to believe that. He wants to grow your faith. So if that's you, then can, can I pray with you later? I mean, it doesn't have to be up front. It could, you just come to me later, and we'll pray, really. And then there's others, and, and I, I fall into this one. Um, we get possessed by possessions. Come on, right? I'm a musician. I've gone through long stints in time where I've been addicted to buying instruments. I'm just saying. Now, you, your thing might be guns, because I found it in New Hampshire. I don't understand it, but these New Hampshire guys, they like guns. <laughs> they all like guns, Lacey. They all carry them around. And they go online and they look at guns, right? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I bet there's a bunch of you in here that look at guns online. See, my wife, because she, she doesn't play guitar, so she doesn't understand. But of course, I mean, guitar, they're guitars, of course. But guns, I mean, like, what the heck? Well, I got to repent. But hear this. That's a symptom of something else. 
that's a symptom of, of insufficiency and not knowing who you are and who your father is. And only he can fill that void. Whatever your addiction is, only he can fill that void. And he's sufficient. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Eric Clapton said this, right? He's secular. He said that the, the, the key to life isn't uh, getting what you want, it's wanting what you have. Yeah. <laughs> Eric Clapton said that. And he has everything. He has more guitars than anybody. <laughs> Come on. God loves you. And he's put his, his in, in that Galatians passage, I love it, at the end it says this. Is that he's put his spirit in us. And it says this. Uh, you're adopted as sons. And because you are sons, God sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Daddy. He knows your needs. He knows them all. Ask him. Do you, do you pray? Do you guys pray for the things you need, like that you desperately need in life? Give us this day our daily bread. Right? When the Israelites were in the wilderness and the, and the bread came down from heaven, the bread of life, the bread of life, Jesus came down and they grumbled. Because Christ wasn't enough. May Christ be enough for us. May he be sufficient for us. May we be content in all circumstances and then walk in the extravagance of the kingdom that he provides for us. Because he wants to do so much more and, and you have dreams and hopes and he wants to lavish upon you because he's your papa. It's like, I, I would buy every toy for my... If I, if I, if I could, I, I'd go to... Toys R Us and buy every toy for my kids because I love them, right? But I wouldn't do it because I would own them. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be good for them. It would possess them. It would. I know it would. That stupid Xbox. Sorry. I, I, just, I just, people just tune me out right there, <laughs> the young guys. It's late. Um, can you stand? I'm going to pray over you guys. I could keep going, but oh Lord, you have so much more for us. You have so much for us. You're such a good father. God, we are, you have made us sons and daughters for those who have put their hope and trust and faith in your son, God, who, who, who paid the price to, to cover our sin on the cross, Lord. And, and so God, I, I pray that you would give us a revelation of identity. God, so we wouldn't be asking the question, how can I have favor in finances? We recognize that we already have God's favor in abundance more than we could ever exhaust. It's inexhaustible favor that God has given to us that we might walk in. God, so I pray that, that we would walk um, in your kingdom, being led by the Holy Spirit, the deposit of the presence of God that you've put inside of us. God, and I, so I pray that we would seek first the kingdom, Lord, that we'd seek first the kingdom and your righteousness and, and allow you to provide for us for all our needs and wants and hopes and dreams. And I pray, God, that those needs and wants and hopes and dreams would never become idols that sit upon the throne of our heart. So God, I pray that we would cast down those idols even around right now, God, that those golden calves, God, that those things that have had possession of us, that we would melt them, 
that we would burn them, God, that they would be obliterated and they would no longer be on the throne of our heart. There would only be one way that we seek and one way that we follow and that we would walk in the path of the righteous man and allow you to provide for us abundantly. God, your love is so extravagant towards us and you look with compassion on us and want us to see how we're seen and know how we're known that the blessing and the favor of God isn't just to know God, it's to be known by God. And I thank you that you know us. God, that you know our dreams and hopes and wants and desires and you want great things for us, Lord God. But you call, and you call us, God, to walk this out, to follow Jesus, to pick up our cross and die to the sin of self-sufficiency and live for the Savior. God, so we do that. We commit ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 